0: afternoon good afternoon good afternoon salutations and all of that good stuff this is another episode of keep it moving i am your host mustafa i have a habit every time i start doing these i I like rub my hands together as if i'm going to start a fire for some reason Um, a lot of times i'd be a little nervous to get started i'm still learning the kinks of this whole podcast thing and the website and all of that but anyhow um I want to do another episode. It's been a couple of days since I've did my last one. Um, I do want to thank everybody who has supported my podcast. Um, and, you know, please share them. Share this one when I, um, you know, put it out there. And um, I appreciate all the support. Like I said, um, I miss kind of hard or a little nerve wracking sometimes doing this because I don't know how it's going to turn out. Again, like I mentioned, um, I'm still learning the kinks of everything. Uh, I like to do it from a standpoint of just kind of doing it in the moment, like raw and uncut. Um, I know people like to kind of perfect those um, when they're doing their podcast. They may edit here, edit there. I mean, you can even hear the intro music that I'm still learning how to, you know, splice together some of the music or what have you. Um, but I'm learning and I feel like as I go along, things will kind of work work themselves out. But I want to jump right into what I wanted to talk about today. Um, not wasting no time. Uh, first, let me say that um, that over the last couple of days, I've been um, starting and stopping and starting and stopping of doing the podcast. Something catches my attention either with um, you know, family life, the kids, or, um, just quite frankly, I'll get started and I just don't feel like doing it. Like I'm just not in the right frame of mind, um, to, 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 to do one. Um, but today I just felt like, well, let me just do one. Let me just kind of get it out the way and hope that, you know, it comes out good as I'm, um, able to, uh, express what I've been going through the last couple of days. Um, as you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, March 31st, I believe it was, um, you know, the rapper um, and a- a- entrepreneur and all around seemingly great guy. Um, Nipsey Hussle was murdered. Right. And one of the reasons one of the added reasons why I hadn't did a podcast was because for some strange reason um, that that death of that, that. You know, of that guy ha- has really affected me, and I—I'll I, admit, I, I used to be a person who, when you know, actors, actresses, rappers, singers, what have you, would die, um, you know, violently or not, and people would be expressing, uh, you know, those feelings like when Prince died and Michael Jackson died, you know, Whitney Houston. Of course, I know a lot of people, you know, was really into Whitney Houston, um, you know, actors and actresses and stuff like that. You know, that stuff kind of hits home and. I would sometimes make fun of that, you know, just not really understanding like, "Yeah, man, you never really knew that person. And I know a lot of people have been saying that, like, you know, know, people making fun of other people doing, you know, going through their, excuse me, their own grieving process when somebody that they're close to or they feel that they're close to through their craft. And again, like I said, I, you know, I used to be a person that was, I would make fun of that sometimes. But then I, then I realized with this particular death, it was really bothering me. Um, and I could not figure out why, like I did not know, I didn't, I've never in my life met Nipsey hustle under no circumstances. Um, I listened to his music, I would say sporadically and I only recently got put onto his music by two friends of mine. Um, Zach, who is, I'm in the music business and my other homeboy who I met out here that I used to work with, um, his name is Diari. Um, they kind of put me onto his music and I listened, you know, kind of casually, not really like, Oh, I'm really into this, duh, 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 duh. but I listened and I liked it, you know, and every now and then I would listen to some. And of course I was familiar with the radio stuff, but I had to go and like listen to the actual albums on whatever streaming site that I use, which in most cases is Apple music. Um, and sometimes that piff. Um, but I, you know, I listened to the music and it was, it was, he was pretty decent. He was pretty prolific. His lyrics was really good, um, really thought provoking, thought provoking. And they just kind of, some things just kind of, you know, kind of, you know, spoke to me a little bit and, um, I, I I really liked him. And so his death really kind of hit me and it made me start thinking about my own mortality, um, and how my death will affect people around me, you know, from obviously Celeste and the boys to friends and family that I have had over years, f- friends-wise, obviously I've had family over the years, but friends-wise, and even some that I've met recently since I've moved to Chicago and uh, in other parts of the 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 country that I've been blessed to have um been able to visit. But um it does it did have me it does. I shouldn't say it did because it still do. It still does. It, it does have me contemplating my own mortality as a man. And um, his death has really kind of um, band-aid, ripped off feelings that I have had or was having um, or dealt with when um, Carell died and and how much that affected me and how much that affected my mortality and and my thoughts about death and things of that nature. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, I feel like, and I'm not saying that Carell was, you know, like Nipsey or anything like that. um, But, and to some people though, he may have been, and he may not have had the, you know, like the, the platform or the, or the fame or, you know, any of that, but, you know, Carell definitely gave people that sense of, appreciation and he made people feel um welcomed and humbled and um and he made them feel you know like they could run through brick walls and they could you know do things to help lift themselves out of any mental rut or physical rut that they may have been in and just listening to stories watching different videos and reading different things that I have done over the last uh week or so since his passing has given me that same sense of that is the type of man that um, Nipsey was and and is, and so um, it's just really been, it's just really, 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 really been affecting me. And um, so what I decided to do for this particular podcast um, is for anyone that remembers, I used to do these letters right when Andy Reid used to be the Head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles and towards his last year or two as the head coach, um, which was right around the time I moved out here, right prior to I moved out here, I used to write these letters, Dear Andy Reid letters, and just express how I felt about... um, Some of the idiocies that he would do as a coach, you know, play calling and, you know, timeout usage or, you know, not doing this thinking I knew everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I if you know, if I was a a head coach, if I was the head coach of the Eagles, I would have ran on second and fifty five or I would have thrown on fourth and twenty nine, you know, shit like that. So I would write these letters that people really used to get a kick out of. Um, when I wrote them, and they would look forward to them after <laughs> after every loss. Um, so, I, like I said, I would write these letters, and I felt like I felt like even with you know the the dear Andy Reid letters, I sometimes would tag the Eagles. I would you know put it on my Twitter. Or I would. I even sent one to. Um, I do remember even sending one to Eagles uh, to to the Novacare complex, thinking that you know they would one day you know respond to me or what whatever. But people got a kick out of them. They really loved them and they really <laughs> they really enjoyed. It. And I liked writing them. Um, I enjoyed writing them. It kind of gave me a sense of I was getting my frustrations. I'm um, out after the Eagles would lose and I would feel better about it. Like so now I could prepare myself for that following week when they was going, you know, getting ready to play. And at least the loss sometimes wouldn't linger um after Sunday or a Monday night game, you know, for all of that week until until that following Sunday or Monday night game. Uh, and so like once once I once I wrote the letters, it was like it, I was cleansing my palate, my fandom palate, if you will, right? So that was that. So what I would like to do is what I did. Now, initially, what I was going to do was I was just going to kind of in my mind as I'm talking to you, just kind of say what my feelings were in regards to this Nipsey Hussle um, murder and his death. Right. But then I thought to myself, well, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to kind of have myself uh, stuck in my in my thoughts trying to articulate something and kind of go off on a tangent as I'm thinking about the letter, uh, as I'm freestyling it. So I decided, you can hear my little book here. I decided to, um, write it down. Now to go back to what I said, you know, a couple of days, you know, I've been wanting to do and not do, um, one of the days, Celeste actually came home a little early from work. Um, you know, <laughs> Hey, you know, <laughs> you know how it go when your wife, we you come home a little early for work. I gave about five or six minutes of my, <laughs> of my time, if you know what I'm saying. But when she came in, I was in the midst of writing this letter. So it took me about two or three days to write this letter. I would come back to it. And I would add some more stuff. Right. And I wanted to do my podcast yesterday. But obviously, as you know, yesterday was the funeral. Uh, so when I wrote this letter, I wrote it um, a couple of days. I started it a couple of days ago um, and I did finish up. But when I, I finished it up as if I was still writing it a couple of days ago, so I didn't add anything about the funeral and how the funeral made me feel. And if time permits, I will. Kind of add that at the end um, of after I'm done reading the letter, you know, because I did watch the entire funeral um, yesterday, and it was very—it was the first time I actually watched a full celebrity, quote unquote, funeral. All right, and it was very—it was very hard to watch. It, it really kind of did something to me. So I'm going to read this letter um, in this notebook. It's about uh, three and a half pages, um, but I don't know how that's going to translate into time um, while I'm, you know, with the, with the podcast and it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that long. All right. So just bear with me. And I hope that you enjoy, um, me writing how I felt or feel about this whole situation. All right. So it's en- under the same pretense that I used to do the dear Andy Reed letters. Okay. All right. Dear, um, Aaron better knowns, better known as Nipsey Hussle. I'm writing this letter, not really knowing what I want to say But feeling like I should say something. Since your death, I've been obsessed with learning any and everything about you. Business, personal likes, dislikes, anything. Things come across my timeline. Things come up on my phone. Things come up anywhere I see your name or a link attached. I'll click it just to read something positive about you. The great thing is that so far, all of the links, all of the articles or anything that I've found about you have been nothing but positive things, which is amazing. Your death has really affected me, and I honestly don't know why. I was a lukewarm fan, knew your music, but wouldn't say it was a must have. Some songs that I listened to, I didn't even realize you had verses on them. Or that they were even yours. I knew about your store, but only after seeing the news piece they did on you, and of course I knew about your relationship with new new aka Lauren London. But other than those surface things, I didn't know you, especially not personally, and I def and definitely not enough to feel the way that I do. So why do I hurt and mourn you? Like you were family. Well, maybe from a human and caring for humanity. Sorry for the the pause there. Like I'm trying to read my own handwriting because I was writing kind of fast. But well, maybe from a human and caring for humanity point of view, you are family. You were someone who I could have easily saved, mentored. Help turned his life around from the work I was doing as a high school dean, of course, and working with the at-risk youth here in Chicago, for those that did not know who's listening to this podcast for the first time. Frankly, you easily could have been me, a person who wants to be successful far less than wanting success for people. I love and care for. I'm more concerned for well-being and success for the well-being and success of others than I am for myself. Of course, I want success for myself. I also want success for my children, my wife, my friends, and damn near anyone I come in contact with, whether I know them or not. Your death has bothered me in a way that I've only excuse me in a way that i've only experienced one other time in my life hearing about your death took me back to the exact moment i heard about his death his being correll i remember the night i found out i remember that feeling i remember that sadness that confusion that anger the phone call the feeling of disbelief The shock of, nah, it can't be. The anger of, why him? The sadness of, please do not let it be him. And ending with the concern for his family, especially his daughter, and later finding out he had a son on the way. Those feelings and thoughts you never even forget. And I'd imagine your family will never forget theirs and those exact moments. A little off script. I can't imagine what that phone call was like to Lauren and his brother, for that matter, to inform them of this situation that they were unsure of but knew that he was hurt and in danger. I hope. And pray that, you know, Celeste will never get that phone call from anyone um, saying anything like that about me. You know, I hope that, you know, when my time is to come and for me to die, that I'm somewhere where at the very least she's around and she knows what's going on. That surprising phone call I hope she never has to get. Um, Back to the letter. Reports saying your brother stopped immediately what he was doing to head over to the location to him end up holding you during those last minutes. I can't imagine what that was like for him. I can't imagine what he was feeling as he as he was looking down at his baby brother, um, getting ready to, or probably have already transitioned. He'll never forget that. Seeing you in that way, holding you in that moment, unable to do anything. It was a sad moment, I'm sure. One I pray I never have to face. I, never, I hope I never have to deal with that with any of my brothers. Your untimely and unfortunate death has made not just me, but most men, black men, overly question our own mortality. What will our family lives be like without us? Will our women find good, wholesome, uplifting love again? How will our children cope with our deaths? How will it shape them moving forward? I've, the last couple of days, again, a little off script, the last couple of days I've been talking with Celeste about some things I've been feeling about Xavier as he, you know, steps into the realm of young young adulthood, you know, as a young man and some of the things that frustrate me that obviously all women love to point out. Like, well, he's act just like you, which the Lord knows we hate hearing that shit. Um, but I can't imagine what life will be like for Xavier Um, if I'm no longer around, um, it's, it's a scary thought, um, to, to, to process and even with Ziggy, but he's young. So I'm not really sure he'll really understand, but you know, Xavier is at that age where he does understand death. Finally, how will they move on? Can they, will they At, and will they, excuse me, How will they move on? Can they move on? And will they? And at what emotional cost? Over the years, I've become less about specific religion. And obviously everyone knows they're not Muslim and more about spirituality and how that fits who I am. Your energy has become evident around me, which is weird because, as I mentioned, I've never met you. I get that similar feeling thinking and reflecting on your death that I did when my friend Carell died. Maybe it's because you energy was about the same. People far and wide, known and unknown, loved him like you, still do to this day, years later. His impact is still felt. And I can only imagine that yours will be as well as your family prepares. To lay you to rest. Know you've impacted me greatly. I have a lot of work to do in order to impact lives like you've done, but be clear I've done some work, but if I've learned anything over the past nine or 10 days since you've died, I have a lot more to do. Rest well, and may Allah have mercy on your soul. May He protect your children. May he protect their mothers. May he protect your mother and father and all of your family. All right. That's my letter to Nipsey Hussle. Um, As I mentioned, his death has really affected me. Um, I am still obsessed with watching a lot of things about him and the man that he's become, the investments he's made, the impact that he's had on his community, the impact that he's had on his family, um, the impact that he had on Lauren. Um, you know, she read and now to kind of speak about the funeral yesterday, she read a very powerful text message that she had sent him while he was sleeping one day and how much um, you know, she feels about him, how much she loves him, and it was just it was different. It was different in the way that she kind of touched on basically his impact as a man and the things that he has done and is doing as a man in her life was feeding her soul. Like, we kind of, we walk around every day in our relationships, you know, and I'm guilty, um, thinking that we as men are doing what we can do for our women, but are we feeding their souls? I'm not an overly... Um, And, you know, a person who like, you know, talks about love and what we should be doing as men, because I fall short in a lot of areas um, when it comes to my relationship with Celeste. And I've changed a lot over the years from when we first started dating in high school to, you know, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend and then, you know, courting and then marriage or whatever. I've changed a lot. My feelings have changed a lot. Good and bad, my my how I interact has changed a lot. Good and bad, so I don't really want to get into make it and seem like I'm this this model of what a husband should be or a man should be for that woman because I am not that model. I, and and you should never. I don't want people to, you know, model. Now I can provide advice on how I've dealt with things, um, over the years in my marriage and in my relationship and what works for us, but in no means. Am I trying to be the model um, for that? Uh, so that's never my intention. But, uh, you know, I can't imagine what Lauren uh, felt and is feeling. Um, and she, you know, it's kind of going, she wakes up this morning. Well, uh, she woke up this morning and now realizing she's now officially, like officially starting her life without him you know, raising their son and I'm going to assume, you know, continue to help, uh, be a part of the live of the other children that he had that, um, that he had. Um, and then of course, um, she also has another son, um, with, um, the um, rapper Lil Wayne. So you know, just just wondering what impact that did to him as a man. You know, seeing that their their relationship, you know, is a, has it impacted him enough um, to change some of maybe some of his um, bad habits that he has as as the as a, as a baby dad, quote unquote, or whatever. And and I don't know that he wasn't doing anything right. So that's just me speculating, right? Um, but one thing I do know that is. You know, obviously Nipsey has had a profound impact on people's lives. And you never really know whose life you're you're impacting with some of the things that you're doing. And it's and it's one of those things where I encourage you not to wait until someone's dead to tell them how much you impacted their life. Okay. Um, which leads me to my final thing is that on April the third, um, I sent I came across a picture um, that I sent, I ended up sending. It was a picture from our first year of doing a college tour um, when we took the kids to, on a college tour um, and we took them um, to Hampton, Howard, um, Coppin State, Morgan State, and Virginia Union or Virginia State, I believe, some HBCUs. Uh, um, uh, and um, we also went to the White House. And so I I found this picture of one of my favorite students. Uh, Her name is Angel Buckley, um, who she's become the poster child for what we do out here. Um, But I found this picture. And I just sent it to her. I sent it to her. I thought she would like it. I got a, kind of got a kick out of it. You know, she was like my favorite student, like my, you know, and my daughter, or whatever. And me and me and book used to kind of um, argue back and forth on who daughter she was. And it turns out like you know she was more his daughter than mine. But that's probably more so because she was a college student. He was giving more money to her. But who knows? Who cares? She's still a great kid, and I love her greatly. Um. Anyway, I sent her this picture, and I want to read you the text that she subsequently sent me in return. That in that moment I didn't realize how much I needed to hear that from her. And it was weird because h- how am I am the person that I'm normally the one motivating my students? And here it is, one of my students years later was motivating me, uplifting me, feeding my soul. And I needed it so much in that moment, all right? So I sent her the picture and um, she responded back, I'm making a high school to college scrapbook and this is definitely going in there. And then she added, and just thinking back to this trip, always remember how invaluable you are and how you have the ability to make anything just a better experience. You always joke about not finishing college, but you are literally, literally the reason why I'm in college. And from me and from giving me a job to buying me stuff for my place, your reason why I'm graduating. She graduates from college this May and I'm extremely proud of her. Be- Sometimes God takes us out of situations because we just weren't dreaming big enough. Excel Academy is not the last or greatest step for Mustafa Suleiman Please believe that. This young lady had the fortitude to, and she said some other things as well, um, but this young lady had the fortitude to let me know um, that Obviously, me no longer being with the school may have been a blessing in disguise somehow. It's like, how is that? My livelihood has. Been taken. All right. Um, And she finished. She ended with this. A quote she lived by is you can't skip steps. And it means it's a pathway for your life already set by God. Some days you'll be blessed beyond measure. Some days you'll be down in the trenches. You can't skip either step to get to either place. That was really powerful for me. And it really helped me that particular day. And and it has helped me. And I kind of reflect back on on that. And it helped me so much that um, recently um, I interviewed for a job and I spoke at length about Angel during that job interview. And honestly, I really didn't give a shit if I got the job, to be honest with you. I don't go into interviews like that anymore, like trying to impress them. I just go in there being who I am. And if if I'm enough, then fucking hire me. And if not, then appreciate the opportunity. All right. Um, but I talked at length. About her. And lo and behold, I did get the job and I start on Monday. So I'm happy to report that. But um, I, I do want to end with this. And that is don't, as I mentioned, don't wait for somebody to be gone to let them know how you've impacted their life. And for all of those people out there who think that you have to know somebody or you have to be friends with somebody or family member or in constant contact with somebody to have impact your life, you're stupid. You are bona fide stupid. Some of your comments and some of your posts really sickened me yesterday. And um, I just know that some of you motherfuckers, I don't want around my family or my children or my woman when I'm dead. And I promise you, if there's anything close to being able to do so, I will haunt the shit out of you. If I found out that any, any of you were attempting to or were doing so. All right. With that being said, I do want to um, in here. I again want to thank everybody for supporting my podcast. You can find it on all of the podcast platforms Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. Please share my podcast. Um, Please give me any feedback um, that you may think I need for the podcast. And I'm well aware that there's still still some kinks that I need to be working out. Um, Thank you again um, for everything. Shout out to my brother Musa. Um, who just started his own cooking show, um, which is hilarious as hell, uh, cooking with Moses with him and my mom. So check that out. All right. With that being said, I want everybody to keep it moving. Enjoy your weekend. And um, remember to uh, love the people that love you and um, just love in general. All right. Peace, y'all.